Welcome to the Principles of Success, and today we are talking about one of the most important topics when it comes to relationships, and that is conflict and contention. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In any relationship, whether it be business, employer versus employee, spouses, dating, children, any relationship, there is going to be conflict. It is impossible to avoid conflict. People are different. They have different opinions. You are going to have conflicting opinions. You're going to have conflicting wants. You're going to have conflicting needs. Conflict is going to happen. There's no way around conflict. Contention, however, that is another story. Contention is a negative emotion. It is, scripturally, it is the spirit of the devil. Contention is bad. You need to avoid contention as much as possible. You can have conflict all the time, and you will have conflict all the time. You're going to run into conflicting issues. Where you want to go eat for dinner is a conflict. Contention is an attitude. Contention is poison to any relationship. And you have to choose to avoid contention. Always give the other person the benefit of the doubt. Now, you're not going to be perfect, obviously. I'm not perfect, and I still have plenty of contentious feelings all the time. But you have to give the person the benefit of the doubt, and you have to do your best to express yourself in a way that doesn't lead to contention. Now, you can't control the other person. The other person has their agency, and they are free to choose to be contentious. But calling somebody a moron makes it really hard for them not to be contentious. So your attitude and their attitude is everything when it comes to a conflict. Attitude is very, very important. Attitude is everything. We'll talk about attitude in a more in-depth in the next episode. But you have to choose your attitude. You have to make sure that your attitude isn't contentious. I think I've hammered that at home enough, don't you? So when you have a conflict, when there's a issue, it can be a minor conflict, like like a disagreement on who has to do the dishes. But it can become a major problem if contention enters it. And in the minor conflict, how you say something greatly affects the outcome. Everyone's first, when you have something that bugs you, your first inclination is a very contentious, snarky remark. But if you take half a second to think about how you're going to say it and then say it in a much better, nicer way, you can address the conflict and not turn it into a contentious argument. Example one, will you please quit doing that thing? It's freaking annoying. Actually, let's let's go with that as example two. Example one, uh, yeah, example one. Why do you always have to do this? Example two of a little bit nicer. Will you please stop doing this? It's freaking annoying. Example three, a little nicer. Hey, this really bugs me. Would you mind doing this instead or taking care of this? The first one, you always do this and I hate it, is very much more contentious than, hey, would you mind stop doing this or would you mind do that to do this? 
Big difference. Big difference in how the other person is going to react. So how you say something matters. When there's a point of conflict, take the time to think about what you're saying and say it with the benefit of the doubt, being generous to the other person. And then I already started to touch on it, so I'm going to skip down to this. Cut out the personal attacks and cut out the harsh, over-exaggerated language like you always. You always leave your dishes on, on the counter. You always are so inconsiderate. Why are you always mean? Versus actually addressing the conflict and being like, hey, that really hurt my feelings. I don't like it when you say something like that. Instead of the personal attacks, address the problem. It's not them, it's the problem. So when you have a conflict, you have an issue, address the problem and use soft, kind language, not attacking, abrasive, personal attacking language. And always be respectful about it. They're not an evil person. They're purposely not trying to make your life unbearable because of this one particular thing that they do because they're a human being and have their own shortcomings. Be respectful about it. I can guarantee you that the person you're having an issue with has some issues with you too. You're freaking annoying too. So as long as you stay respectful and are communicative and are generous and kind in your communication on and addressing the problem and the conflict, you can avoid contention. And your job, for yourself at least, is to make sure to avoid contention as much as humanly possible. And by the way, my conflict avoiders, by avoiding conflict, you're building contention in yourself. You're getting bitter and angry and you're muttering to yourself about how annoying they are instead of actually talking to them. Conflict avoiders can ruin relationships over a minor issue because they never speak up. The other person can't read minds, they, so they're not communicating. And this little minor issue builds up a massive wall of contention. And then the problem is the contention, not the little problem. So we'll talk about not avoiding contention here, conflict. We'll talk about not avoiding conflict here in just a second. So showing your respect, having proper timing. Talked about this uh, last week. If you're going to break up with somebody, break up with them on Friday. Don't break up with them on a Wednesday morning. If you are going to address an issue, if it's something immediate, obviously address it immediately. But also, take time to calm yourself down. If it wasn't a conflict, or if it wasn't annoying, it wouldn't be a conflict. So, you're probably annoyed. Don't just immediately jump down their throat as soon as it happens. Take time and think. And if it's not immediate, wait until it's a good time. The last thing you need to do is try to address a problem when the person is super busy and can't give you their full attention. Or they've had a really, really bad day and they're probably not in the best of moods to have a diplomatic discussion on everything that they're doing wrong. They might be a little contentious. So make sure your timing is right. Also, don't just avoid it and postpone it indefinitely because all that does is turns the little molehill into a big mountain of contention. So moving on to the next point, I've already talked on it a little bit. Give them the benefit of the doubt. It's a lot easier when you like somebody, but it's still hard when you like somebody. But it's way harder to give it to them when you dislike the person. But you need to give them the benefit of the doubt. If you're assuming, if your attitude is that they're just a moron, and that they should know that this is 
stupid, well then you're probably going to be feeling pretty contentious. But if you're giving them the benefit of the doubt of, well, maybe they didn't realize, maybe they're not aware, maybe it was an accident, maybe they were going through something and were a little less courteous than they should have been, but they were a little preoccupied to worry about that. Give them the benefit of the doubt. There's a saying I love that if you just assume that people are going through the hardest time in their life, you're probably correct. And maybe no one has ever actually told them about the conflict. Maybe everyone has just avoided it to be polite. I would have loved if somebody had pulled me aside when I was a kid and saying and said, hey, this thing that you're doing right here, it really weirds people out and you need to work on stopping that. I, it might have hurt my feelings, but it would have been so much more beneficial to me for somebody to have done that instead of me having to take years to figure it out because everybody was too polite to say anything. And once again, there's nothing wrong with conflict. Conflict happens. Conflict is important. Conflict is useful. And I just gave an example of that was a, uh, a hypothetical, possibly hurtful conflict, but it would have been so much useful. To, it would have been very useful to me if somebody had done that. And as long as the spirit of contention, the spirit of the devil is not present in the conflict, conflict is good. Conflict is resolving stuff or addressing conflict is good. Conf you are uh, resolving the conflict. You are working out, you are discussing, you are communicating and solving problems. And then when somebody does something that just pisses you off, it is your job to forgive them. Especially if it's somebody that you like and love and care about. Sure, they messed up. Guess what? They're human. So are you. They're not going to be perfect. They're going to, you're going to have contentious feelings every once in a while. You're going to have conflicts. They're going to do stupid stuff every once in a while. And it's going to bug you. Now, you have two choices when that happens. And there's only two choices. You can either forgive them or hold on to it and slowly let those contentious feelings eat away at your soul. Holding on to a grudge is like, is like drinking a poison and waiting for the other person to die. And it's super important to forgive them if it's a relationship that you want to maintain. And even if you were 100% right, and let's be honest with ourselves, you probably weren't, you were probably at fault too, even if you were 100% right, are you really going to let being right over destroy the relationship? Now guys, you've heard all of this before, let the woman be right. I actually hate that advice, and we'll talk about it more in the marriage episode, but forgiving one, forgiving one another is what I'm talking about. And since we were on the topic, just because you are right doesn't mean it's worth having those contentious feelings. Remember, they are poison. And if it's over something stupid, let it go. Forgive them for being a moron. You definitely do not need to prove your superiority about being right. Just forgive them and let it go. And on the flip side, you need to learn to say no. Conflict can be scary, I'm aware. Being a people pleaser destroys you. Being overly considerate to wanting to avoid conflict is bad. You need to learn to say no. I have a friend at swing dancing who, she has a really hard time saying no to the guys that are terrible at dancing and doing moves that they shouldn't be doing, and she ends up getting hurt. That's an example of where you should say no. Like, no, I don't feel comfortable doing this move with you. Because one, you're not that good. And two, 
or two, you've you've proven in the past that you're going to hurt me, so let's not do that move this time either. So I've been giving her a lot about a lot of crap about role playing, practicing, saying no. Now let's talk about using conflict to get what you want. Conflict, by its nature, is two opposing wants or needs or habits. You want this, and so you are bringing it up so that way it is addressed. You cannot force the other person to meet your demands. Now, if it's something minor and they love you, it's re usually the super minor and you aren't contentious about it, the minor conflict usually is really easy to address. Like, hey, could you do this? Like, this has been bugging me. Could you do this instead? I'm like, oh yeah, sure, no problem. But then there's the things like, you have to embrace the conflict of asking your boss for a raise. Then there's the flip side of, you're a boss, and yelling at subordinates does not work. I was trying to figure out how to do the transition. I'm just going to hammer my way through it. Yelling at your subordinates, yelling at people to try and make them do what you want, does not work. Just think about it. Has, has someone yelling at you ever motivated you to want to do what they're asking you to do? Has someone nagging you ever made you motivated to want to do something that you are supposed to do? Let's use an example that every single person on the planet is familiar with. You had a messy room as a kid. You were eager. You were excited to clean your room one day. You were like, ah, I need to clean this up. I'm going to clean this up. This is going to be good. It's going to get nice and clean. And then your mom comes in and is like, you need to clean your room. How motivated are you to clean your room after that? So... Bringing up and addressing conflicts is important, but if you're busy yelling and nagging and being a tyrant to the opposing party, you're not going to get any conflict resolution happening. All you're going to do is get resentment and contention. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So no yelling, no being authoritarian. And that's one of the reasons why softening your words is super important. Like, hey, I need you to do this. Or... Hey, this is kind of bugging me. Would you be willing to do this? There's a big difference, and people's attitudes towards it, uh, of how you said it, changes dr drastically. Now, what about when somebody attacks you? They, not everybody's going to have listened to this podcast episode, and they're not going to know how to actually properly, healthily handle conflict and contention. So you're probably going to get attacked. You're probably going to get yelled at. Well, what should you do? First off, communicate and let them know of... Just talk to them. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Just talk to them. Like, hey, I don't appreciate you yelling at me. Meanwhile, at the same time, you need to keep love in your heart. You need to... There's lots of four-letter words that you can choose in an argument. Hopefully, love is the four-letter word that you choose. Give them the benefit of the doubt. There's only two types of communications. There's a loving response and a cry for help. That's from Tony Robbins. If they're yelling at you, that is, in a way, a cry for help. Granted, it doesn't feel much like a cry for help. It feels like they're attacking you. But it is them crying for help. And like, hey, I have this problem. And we are going... 
and I need this solved. Granted, I am not doing it in the best manner possible to solve this problem, but I have this problem and I need it solved. That is a cry for help. So, when you are being yelled at, choose love. Yes, I know it is much easier said than done, and it's very hard to be loving at somebody who's spitting in your face. But try and keep that loving attitude present so that way you can avoid contention. And when you feel yourself starting to pull away, do your best to restore your loving attitude. Don't just pull away. Do your best to restore it. Because if you pull away for an extended period of time, that's a problem. Concrete hardens over time. If you pull away, you let your feelings con uh, you let your feelings be cemented and become hardened. So the moment you notice yourself starting to pull away, choose to be loving and reach back out. And it's okay in a conflict to take breaks. If you're feeling yourself get riled up, say, I need to go to the bathroom real quick. Get yourself back under, under control. Get yourself back into a loving mindset and then continue to address it. It's okay to go to bed angry. It's probably not the best idea to go to bed angry on a consistent basis, but you need sometimes you need breaks, and sometimes the conflicts aren't going to resolve themselves in one day. Remember, a relationship is long-suffering. You are enduring all the ups and downs together, and that can be a marriage relationship or whatever type of relationship. So we're going to talk about the four horsemen in a later episode, but the four horsemen of contention are criticism, defense, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. Criticism is, everyone knows what criticism is. Being defensive is not being able to handle a conflict. We're like, hey, this is a problem. Would you mind dealing with it? I'm like, no, that's not a problem. I'm like, get over it. Contempt, contempt is very bad. You have contempt for somebody. There's no love in your heart and a contempt Temptuous mindset is doomed for any relationship. Now, stonewalling, people might not fully understand. Stonewalling, I said it's okay to take a break. It is not okay to take a three-month break and every time the person tries to talk to you about the problem, you just say, not right now, or you give them the silent treatment, or you get defensive and attack them for bringing it up. And we'll talk about this more, but women are tend to be guilty of the first three with uh, criticism, nagging, Defensiveness, over-personalizing, and being contemptuous, thinking poorly of the other person, not giving them the benefit of the doubt. Men are much more guilty of the stonewalling. They will avoid the contention. They will give you the silent treatment. They will glare at you and tune you out. All these, these are the four horsemen of the apocalypse of marriage. If you have any of these habits and attitudes in your any relationship, you're in trouble. So now let's talk about the Socratic method, or Socrates. Socrates was a philosopher. It's also how you are supposed to actually communicate conflict with people. We've already talked about some of it. Don't do personal attacks. Address the problem. Instead of, you should fix this, like, I find this annoying. Would you? Focus on the current behavior. Be very specific. Like, hey, when you do this, it really bugs me. Actually, that was a wrong example. That still is putting the emphasis on them. Um, in fact, I've made that same mistake in the communication class that I'm pulling this from. A better example of, hey, when you do this, it really bugs me. Or like, hey, when this happens, there we go, that's, that's the correct one. When this happens, this really bugs me. 
Basically, do not attack the person, do not use things like you always, address the specific behavior, and talk about how that specific behavior is affecting you. Do your very best to cut them out of the variable. Like, they know you're talking about them, but do your very best not to talk about them. Talk about the behavior. A example. I feel grossed out when the trash, not when you don't take the trash out, when the trash doesn't get taken out because it makes the house stink. And anytime you're in a relationship, there's going to be conflict. But as you build up deposits of trust, having good little feeding that love bank, we talked about that in his needs, her needs, give them time, give them affection, give them love. When you love somebody, when you're in a good relationship with somebody, business or dating-wise or parent-wise, when you have a good relationship with somebody and a conflict comes up, it's a lot easier to address than when it's all the time, non-stop conflict. When you communicate on a regular basis and build up that trust, you're able to address problems as they come up. And don't be one of these three people. There are three types of conflict avoiders. There are the avoiders, the attackers, and the pleasers. When you try and avoid conflict, you withdraw, you sulk, you block them, you give them the silent treatment, you start stonewalling, you get resentful because you have all of this conflict that is building up inside of you and you're not ever addressing it, so you're building up contention instead of talking about it. That's one type of conflict person. Then there's the other side that is also bad, and that's the attacker. Like, no, we need to confront this. We need to get it out, get it all out in the open. And these are the people that oftentimes are yelling and like, I'm not being harsh, I'm just speaking the truth. I'm like, whose truth? We have to hash this out every time there's a minor inconvenience. And then there's the third, which is the pleasers. These are the people who will try and make a joke. Humor is useful in, com in, com in conflict. Having humor, giving the benefit of the doubt, loving each other, positive emotions. Using humor to try and avoid the conflict is not so good. Instead of answering the question, you ask a different question and try and change the subject. I am this type of conflict avoider. If things start getting heated, I start cracking jokes and changing the subject. If it wasn't an issue for the person, they wouldn't be bringing it up. So just by changing the subject, they're not going to forget it. It's just that you manage to avoid it for another day. And then I have one more thing I want to talk about for today, and that is the principles of preference versus principles. Most conflict happens because of preferences, not principles. An example of this. Is there only one right way to sweep a room? Like, of course there is. You start from the outside and you slowly sweep it into a circle and into a nice small little pile. Hmm, well, what if somebody was taught to sweep from the center and sweep it all to the edges and then go along the edge in a big circle? Granted, if you're like most people in America, you probably think that's weird. In other countries, that's the norm. That's just a silly example, but let's use another example. This one actually is pretty good example in different households in the, the world. How do you vacuum? Do you vacuum in rows and every row has, you go down the row and then back up the row and then move over slightly and go down that row? Or do you uh, star pattern vacuum where you stand in one spot and you go kind of in a circle and you just get the spots where it needs vacuumed? Those are examples of preferences. One way is not right over the other. But if you don't do it in the rows, it's not going to get perfectly clean. And then you're going to have an argument over how the person is vacuuming and you think they're going to want to vacuum for you again? 
Or how about how you do dishes? In my family, how you do dishes is you stick the dishes in the sink, and then when it's time to do dishes, you scrub all the dishes and put them on the counter next to the sink to be loaded up into the dishwasher. Well, when back going back to last week where we talked about words, when someone tells me to do the dishes, in my mind, that means go to the sink, rinse off all the dishes, and stick them on the counter. So that way they can then be loaded up into the dishwasher. Somebody else, when they say go do the dishes, means will you go make sure the dishes get put in the dishwasher? A third person might see the dishes that you stuck on the counter and assume because they're not in the dishwasher, that means they're dirty, and stick them back in the sink. These are all examples of preferences. Well, the other, the other ways are wrong. Well, let's talk about clean. We're, I'm using a lot of cleaning examples in this one, but everyone has their different definitions of what a clean house looks like. The principle is you need a clean house, but you know some people that are way messier than you and they're gross, and I agree with you. But let's ask the neat freak how clean you are. And the point of this whole diatribe is to point out that you need to remember that people are different, that they were raised differently than you, and that most of your conflict is just preferences. And if it's a preference, if it's an important preference, sure, have the argument, discuss it with them, fix it. But if it's a minor preference, like, oh, my wife vacuums in a star pattern instead of a uh, row pattern, I'm going to get into an argument about her, about it with her, and tell her how wrong she is for vacuuming it. And then I am going to vacuum the floor because she's not going to want to vacuum anymore. So when there's an issue, just talk, uh, think for half a second before you talk to them and see if it's a preference or if it's a principle. And then see if that preference, because it's almost always going to be a preference, is important enough or if you can just let it go. Give them the benefit of the doubt, give them generosity. I'm like, oh, well, they do it that way, and that's fine. Thank you for doing it that way. Thank you for the help, even though it's not the perfect exact way that I thought pictured it in my head. And I think this episode went a little long, because holy crap do I have a lot of recorded on here. Hopefully, editing-wise, it gets shortened down. But with that, I will see you guys all next week.